Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter number 9 this evening. 1 Kings chapter 9. I want to um, uh, just take a walk through several passages of Scripture here this evening and then um, just give you some, some points here to um, bring to a close after we just study. We looked at David this morning and I want to look at Solomon this evening. Solomon was a man that God had blessed, and the Bible says in verse 1 of chapter 9, And it came to pass when Solomon had finished the building of the house of the Lord, and the king's house, and all of Solomon's desires, which he was, which he was pleased to do. But the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time, and as he had appeared unto him at Gibeon. And the Lord said unto him, I have heard the prayer and thy supplication that thou hast made before me. I have hallowed this house which thou hast built to put my name there forever, and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. And if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked, in integrity of heart and uprightness, to do according to all that I have commanded thee, and wilt keep my statutes and judgments. You know, it's interesting in verse number four, he, um, he desired for Solomon to be like David. We saw this morning the way that David behaved at times. And... Um, but God was able to forgive David because David asked for forgiveness. Then in verse number 5, we read on, Then I will establish the throne of thy kingdom upon Israel forever, as I, as I promised to David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man upon the throne of Israel. But if ye shall at all turn from following me, ye or your children, it will not keep my commandments and my statutes which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them. Then will I cut off Israel out of the land which I have given them. And this house which I have hallowed for my name will I cast out of my sight. And Israel shall be a proverb and a byword among all people. Now at this house which is high, every one that passeth by it shall be astonished. And shall hiss and shall say, Why hath the Lord done thus unto the land and to this house? And they shall answer because they forsook the Lord their God. Who brought forth their fathers out of the land of Egypt and have taken hold upon other gods and have worshipped them and served them. Therefore hath the Lord brought upon them all this evil. So God is speaking to Solomon and says to Solomon, again, Solomon finds rest. We saw this morning, we began this morning with the fact that David had rest from all his enemies. Solomon is in the same situation. Solomon is at a place in his kingdom where everything the Bible says that he set out to do it's done. We had uh, all kinds of, of uh, uh, things that Solomon desired to do and, and allow the Lord to, to use him. Solomon, the Bible says, everything that his heart desired, it pleased him to do, he did, and God's blessing was upon him. And then God says to Solomon this, he says, if you turn from me, all this is gone. As I think about that, why would anyone want to turn from God? I mean, here Solomon had everything. And not just physical things, he had a relationship with God. God spoke to him. He saw God's blessing. He saw God's hand upon him. And God said to Solomon, this will continue. You just have to serve me. Well, isn't that a wonderful thing? I want you to turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 10. Just flip over a chapter or so in verse number 14. 
1 Kings 10, verse number 14, the Bible says this. Now, the weight of the gold that came to Solomon in one year was 603 score and six talents of gold. Beside that, he had the uh, merchantmen and, and uh, of the traffic of the spice merchants and all the kings of Arabia and all the governors of the country. And Solomon made 200 targets of beaten gold. 600 shekels of gold went to one target. He made 300 shields of beaten gold. Three pounds of gold went into one shield. And the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. Moreover, the king made a great throne of ivory and overlaid it with the best gold. The throne had six steps, and the top of the throne was round behind him. And there were uh, stays on either side of the palace of the seat, with two lions stood beside the stays. And twelve lions stood there on one side and on the other upon six steps. There was not the like made in my any kingdom. And all uh, King Solomon's drinking vessels were of gold, and the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were of pure gold. None were of silver." It was nothing accounted of in the days of Solomon. There was so much gold, nobody wanted silver. That's what he's saying there. There was so much, silver was nothing. For the king had a sea, a navy of Tar uh, Tarshish with, with the navy of Hiram. One in the three years came the navy of Tarshish in bringing gold and silver, ivory and apes and peacocks. So King Solomon exceeded all the kings of the earth for riches and for wisdom. The wisest man and the wealthiest man. And all the earth sought to Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. And they brought every man his present, vessels of silver and vessels of gold and garments and armor and spices, horses, mules, a rate year by year. And Solomon gathered together chariots and horsemen. And he had a thousand and four hundred chariots and twelve thousand horsemen whom he bestowed in the cities of chariots and with the king at Jerusalem. And the king made silver to be in Jerusalem as stones. And cedars made he, uh, he, uh, he to, to, to be as sycamore trees that are in the vale for abundance. And Solomon had horses brought out of Egypt and linen yarn, and the king's merchants received the linen yarn at a price. The chariot came up, went out of Egypt for 600 shekels of silver and a horse for 150. And so all the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Syria, did they bring them out of their means? This was Solomon's kingdom. The, the wisest, the richest, everybody in the world knew of Solomon and everyone wanted to come and see what Solomon had. The Bible says this, that all of Solomon's wisdom came from God. God's hand was upon him. God's hand was upon his kingdom and upon his house. I want you to turn with me to 1 Kings uh, chapter number 11, just another chapter over. For it came to pass when Solomon was old, in verse number 4, that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. The Bible tells us that Solomon went after other, other gods. He did evil in verse number 6 in the sight of the Lord. In verse number 7, he built an altar unto these other gods. In verse number 8, he did for all his strange wives burnt offerings. 
unto their gods. The Bible says in verse number 9, the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice, and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, for as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant in my statutes which I have commanded thee, so sad. He says this, I'll surely rend the kingdom from thee and will give it to thy servants. Notwithstanding in thy days, I will not do it for David thy father's sake, but I will rend it out of the hand of thy son. What he says is this, I'm not going to do it while you're alive. But when your son becomes king, the kingdom's gone. Howbeit I will not render away all the kingdom, but will give one tribe to thy son for David. In verse number 13, my servant's sake and for Jerusalem's sake, which I have chosen. The Lord stirred up an adversary unto Solomon, Hadad the Edomite, and he was the king's seed in Edom. We find that God's charge to Solomon. God has allowed Solomon to build the temple. God has allowed Solomon to build the palace or the house of Solomon. And he's establishing Solomon's name in the name of Israel. And God is establishing his name here in this place. The queen of Sheba, the Bible tells us, she comes in in chapter number 10 and, and, and she heard of the fame of Solomon and she concerning the name Lord, she states this, I believe not the words until I came and my eyes have seen it and behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceedeth the fame which I have heard. And she goes on to say this, blessed be the Lord thy God which deli uh, delighted in thee. When the queen of Sheba came and she saw what that was there, she said this, I heard, I didn't believe what I heard, and what I heard was only half of what the truth was. And she said, everything, everything that I heard, I didn't believe it could be true, but when I saw you and I saw your kingdom, I couldn't believe what God has done and what God has blessed you with. Solomon had everything. There was nothing that Solomon was lacking. Solomon, Solomon had wisdom, Solomon had wealth, Solomon had, had the world at his doorstep, he had the blessings of God, everything his heart desired Solomon had. He had favor from God, he had favor from men, he had respect of all nations, he had fear of all the kings, he had wealth, he had servants, he had a palace, he had uh, uh, the house of God, he had a navy. He had silver to be as stones in Israel. He had horsemen, he had chariots, he had vessels of gold and a great ivory overlaid a throne with overlaid with the best gold, the Bible says. And there was not like any other kingdom had what this kingdom had. And then in chapter number 11, as we read, Solomon came to a place where he gave it all away. It's gone. I want to just give you some thoughts. I know what time it is here. I will be quick here this evening. I want you to look at the life of Solomon. I want to challenge you in a few areas this evening. Christian, be careful of distractions in your life. Be careful of distractions. Solomon had everything that God had promised him. 
He said he's, there was a time, the first time, we read of the second time here, but the first time that God came to Solomon, he said, Solomon, you can have the kingdom here. Uh, David is, is going to die, and I'm going to give you the kingdom. And Solomon said, I'm just a, a child. I, I can't do what, what's expected to do. I can't be like my father David. I can't rule this kingdom. I'm just a child. I don't know what I'm doing. And God said this, just ask me what you want, and I'll give it to you. And he said this, I need wisdom. I need your mind. I need to know what you want. I want to follow after you. And God said to Solomon at that time, I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you what you need. I'll make your kingdom famous. I'll give you all the needs that you have. I'll meet them. And he said this, I'll give you wisdom, but you've got to follow me. And Solomon did. God comes to him a second time after the house is built and, 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 and the blessings are there and, and those that are coming to Solomon now, they say, I can't believe, I cannot believe how much God is blessing you. What happened to Solomon? I would submit this, the same thing that happened to Solomon is the same thing that can happen to each and every one of us and that is this, we get distracted from what God is wanting to do in our life. There were some things that we're dealing with, some things that we're paying attention to, some things that we're desiring that have nothing to do with God. We can get distracted from within. You can begin to worry. You can begin to stress. You begin to fear. You begin to love things that, that God would not have you to love. You begin to put your attention on things that God doesn't want your attention on. Here's Solomon, the wisest man in the world, the man that, the man that his father is David, the man after God's own heart. Here's Solomon who has seen God work. And Solomon says, I think I'll have myself some wives. And God said, I don't want that. Because when you begin to bring that in, they're going to bring their gods in, and you're going to give a focus and attention to something that's not me. And Solomon did exactly what God told him not to do. And many of us, if we're not careful, we will do exactly what God tells us not to do, and that is to give our attention to something different than God desires. I would ask you this question, what are you focusing on tonight? What is your attention on this evening? Is it on worry? Is it on stress? Is it on fear? Are you loving something, not because God put it in your life, because your flesh desires it? I want to warn you this evening, Christian, guard yourself from distractions. Husbands, guard yourself from distractions. We see all of these things that are happening in our political climate uh, uh, and, and, and with different candidates and, and just the awfulness and sinful things that are coming out. But I want to submit this to you this evening. Christian husband, you can find yourself in the same place if you're not careful. That one that you fell in love with, that one that you, you love, that one that you stood next to, the one that you said, I'll give myself to you and better or for worse, if you're not careful, the distractions can come and you can put your eyes on something other than what God gave you. Listen to me, not just men are, 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 are prey to that, ladies as well. I believe this, that Satan is after homes. Why are we having a parenting conference? Listen to me. You might say, boy, it's just one more thing on our schedule. I'm telling you this as your pastor. Satan is after your home. 
Why are we going to have a marriage seminar this coming March? Is because Satan is after your home. He is seeking to put distractions in your life. He's seeking to put distractions in front of you. And listen to me tonight, some of us are falling for it. We're getting consumed with things that aren't of God. We're getting consumed with worry. We're getting consumed with fear. We're getting consumed with love toward things other than God. It's beginning to consume us and are distracting us from the main thing. We've convinced ourselves that we don't have time to to tell others about Christ. We don't have time to, to be a witness to someone else. We could go weeks and we could go months and maybe even some have gone years without telling someone about Jesus Christ. You're being distracted. Wives, be careful not to be distracted. We're being distracted from within. I believe this as Solomon was distracted from without pressures of this world, desires of this world. We we are at a place in our Christian life where some can't even properly give to God as He commands because we've gotten ourselves in debt. There's some that are so piled up in debt, it's ruining your marriage, it's ruining your home, it's ruining your life. You've allowed yourself to be distracted. You've convinced yourself, I need things. And all those things that you've convinced yourself you've needed, it's destroying you. We live, in a, we live in a country where we've got to continue to have something bigger. We've got to continue to have something better. I remember the first time before I was married, we were bought, bought a house, and my dad said to me, and it was just a small little house. It was a fixer-upper, but my dad said to me, Jeremy, do you know how long your mother and I were married before we bought our first house? I said, well, I'm not going to tell you. we got a new car, too, then, Dad. <laughs> and a new washer and dryer because we could put it on credit. And I'll never forget, he said, I need you to be careful. Some of those things that you think are so important. I said, Dad, I'm, I'm getting married to this most beautiful girl in the world, and, 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 and I, want, I want her to have everything. He said, I want you to be careful. He said, some of those things that you think you need are going to be the things that's going to hurt your marriage. And I did like every other son did with their dad. Oh, come on. Right, Dad. Michelle will tell you the first argument or disagreement that we had in our marriage was over finances. I said, I wish I would listen to my dad. I thought we had to have all of these things. You know what it did? It distracted us. Distracted us. Listen, when we live in a society where we think we need more, we got to get more in these pressures in the world, we got to keep up with this or keep up with that. Listen to me, I think, I think this, if we're not careful, those things are distracting us, things from without, and it's going to hurt our relationship with God. Solomon was in a place, God's blessing, God's blessing, God's blessing, God's blessing. All the world knows. They said this, God is blessing you. They came and said, God is blessing you. Those that came identified that it was by the hand of God. Solomon is still allowed for distractions. Tonight, what's distracting you? 
Is there anything? Is there anything that has your attention that's taking your attention away from God? You might have even convinced yourself right now that it's a good thing and a needed thing, but if it's taking your attention away from God and godly things, it is a distraction in your life. Solomon's at a place where distractions are causing him to grow away from the Lord. I want you to look with me in this and look what God has a plan. You know something I want you to consider this evening? God has feelings. God wanted to do something with Solomon. And Solomon could care less what God desired to do. And God wants to do something with your life. And do you care what God wants to do? God said, I took my people out of Egypt. Why? Because I wanted all the world to know that I had a chosen people and that I loved them. I brought them to the Red Sea and, 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 and Pharaoh was right behind them and I opened up that Red Sea and my people walked over on dry ground because I wanted the world to know that I was going to deliver my people. Pharaoh got in the middle of that Red Sea, closed that Red Sea, and all of Pharaoh's army was killed because he wanted his people to know that I can take care of my people. They go into the wilderness and he says this, I got a cloud by, by day and I've got fire by night that's there to protect you, that's there to lead you. I don't know where you're going. There's no GPS. There's no maps. But God said this, I'll put something in the sky so that you can know that I'm there and all you have to do is follow me. And I want all the world to know that I have a chosen people that I'm going to bless and I'm going to protect. He said this, I'm going to give you the promised land. And they go into this promised land. They didn't have to fight for it. They didn't have to go in and their people died to obtain this promised land. They just simply walked around it. They walked around the walls and the walls fell down and they walked into that land and they possessed that land because God wanted the world to know they were his chosen people. He gave them a land they didn't have to work for. He gave them cities that were already built. He gave them vineyards that were already planted. He gave them places, houses that were already built. He gave them, he gave them property that was already established. He said, I'm going to give it to you because I want the world to know you're my chosen people. Israel wanted a king and they gave, they, they chose King Saul and King Saul said, I want to build a kingdom after my name and after what I want. And God says, no, no, no. I want this to be my chosen people. And he brought in a young shepherd boy named David and he said, David, I'm going to establish my kingdom. I'm going to let the world know that my hand is upon you. I'm going to bless you. I'm from your seed. I'm going to send a savior because I want the world to know that you're my people. He said, Solomon, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to meet your needs. I'm going to give you riches. I'm going to give you wisdom. Why? Because I want the world to know that you're my people. God had a plan for Solomon. But Solomon never considered that God had feelings. God wants to do something with your life. Do you care enough to let him? God wants to do something with your children. 
You know, I don't believe that God gave me five children just so I can enjoy vacations with them every year and have great memories and then cry when they turn 18 and leave the house. God gave me children because God has a plan for their life and he gave them to the Rands family so they would raise them so they would serve the Lord with all of their life. Solomon didn't consider the fact that God had a plan and God has feelings. Are you, are you living in such a way this evening, Christian, that God is pleased when he sees your life? Listen, this evening, every, every person here, you need to consider this. It isn't yours, but God has entrusted you with it for a time. One of the things I realize every single day, this church is not mine. This church belongs to Jesus Christ. He has just entrusted me to be the pastor of it for a period of time. What God has given you isn't yours. He's just entrusted you with it for a period of time. Those children that He's given me, they're not mine. They belong to God. And He's just entrusting them with my family for a period of time. For what reason? So that I could raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord so they can go out and do God's will for their life. If you're saved, your life is not yours. You were bought with a price. Jesus Christ shed His blood on Calvary. He purchased you. He paid your sin debt so that you could be a servant to Him. Your life no longer belongs to you before you were saved. Your life was in bondage to sin. You belong to this world. You belong to evil. You belong to sin. But Jesus Christ, He went to the cross. He shed His blood on the cross. And if you have trusted in Him by faith and accepted the work of the cross, then you no longer belong to yourself. You don't have, you don't have the right to say, I'm going to go where I want to go. You don't have the right to say, I'm going to live my life the way I want to live. I'm going to do what I want to do. You belong to God and you ought to consider the fact that he has a plan for you now. Church, I believe this. We ought to desire to leave our generation and leave for those behind us a better generation so they can serve God. There's more that we need to do for God. There's more that you can do for God. But you know what I... One of the things that makes God such an awesome God is God's love. Just like we saw this morning, God forgave David. You know what God says here to Solomon? He says, Solomon, you've messed up. And I'm going to take the kingdom, but he said this, I'm going to leave one tribe for David's sake. From David's line and from David's lineage, I'm going to send a Savior, Jesus Christ, that's going to come and pay the sin debt for all mankind. How many times through the Old Testament is it where God just could have said, you know what, I'm so done. I'm so done with you, Adam. I'm so done with you, Eve. I'm so done with you, Noah. I'm so done with you, Moses. I'm so done with you, Joshua. I'm so done with you, David. I'm so done with you, Solomon. I, I don't understand. I, I'm telling you I'm going to bless you. I'm telling you I'm going to meet your needs. I'm telling you that I've got a plan for your life. And you don't care. And then God says this. But I love you. 
You see, maybe there's someone in this room this evening that you're not considering the fact that God has a plan. You're not considering the fact that God has a will for your life, that you've not behaved in such a way, or you're not living in such a way where you're pleasing the Lord. But you know what God says? I can forgive you. You know, there's consequences to this behavior, but God says this, I'm going to give you a Savior. He wasn't willing to just to throw Solomon away and say there's nothing valuable anymore. I'm going to start over. He said, this, they, Solomon, because you've sinned, I'm going to take the kingdom from you, but I'm going to leave one tribe for David's sake. Listen, same thing happened. Mankind was born into this sinful world. And God said, instead of destroying mankind, instead of sending mankind to hell, I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to send my son, Jesus Christ. I'm going to send him so that mankind can be redeemed back to God. There's not a person in this room that has sinned so badly that God doesn't say that my son and what he did isn't sufficient to be the payment for your sin. God loved mankind and he sent his son from heaven to live upon this earth, to be born, to die so that you and I can be saved. You see, Solomon lived his life Chapter after chapter, God's blessing, God's blessing, God's blessing. Then you come to chapter number, number 11, you say, Solomon, why? Why would you do this? And God said, I want you to know something, though. I love you. For David's sake, I'm going to keep one. For David's sake, from his line and from his lineage, from, from him, I'm going to send Jesus Christ. Would you, this evening, take an inventory, check your life. Are there distractions? Are there distractions? Are you paying attention to things that you don't need to be paying attention to that are keeping you from what God wants? Remove those distractions. Are you caring to do God's plan? Do you care about His feelings? Do you realize that there's something He desires from you and are you doing it? Are you realizing this, that your life is not yours, what God has given you is not yours? It's just there. He's entrusted you for a period of time. Maybe you're living a life of sin. Maybe there's some things in your life. Maybe you say, you know what? I've just done this so long, so wrong. But you just come back to God. You know, sinner, Christian, we, we sin. But we don't have to continue in our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want to leave you with this thought this evening. You don't have to continue in bondage to sin. God will forgive you. And God desires to forgive you.